Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, as we all move towards living more sustainably, the electrification of vehicles in Singapore is increasingly becoming critical, and it will become even more critical in the next decade. Now, besides fulfilling climate goals, the adoption of electric vehicles is also about capitalising on market opportunities in the transport sector. For instance, in the long run, EVs could lessen the impact of rising oil prices on drivers and promote the shift to locally produced electricity. While Singapore has in place a string of measures to drive the adoption of EVs. There are obstacles on the road to a future of eco-friendly vehicles. So what more can be done to persuade Singaporeans to adopt electric vehicles? And how can the government ensure affordability for the average driver? Satya Ramamurthy, partner, global co-head of public transport at KPMG in Singapore, joins us to tell us more. Hi Satya. Good evening. So Satya, EV car registrations in Singapore have actually doubled in the first five months of this year, albeit from a low base. To what extent do you think we need even more aggressive measures in Singapore to push EV uptake? The good news, Marathi, is that this is growing month on month. And if you look at the figures in the second half, they're even growing faster. So the fact is, as you said, it's from a low base. So while the trend and the trajectory is right, what more can be done is really dependent on a few things. One is manufacturers, you know, bringing more models to the market, primarily because choice is one of the things which attracts consumers. Today, the EV models vis-a-vis traditional models are much fewer. Secondly, there's a question of how these incentives play out over time. If you see more advanced markets, the incentives have been there for a while, particularly in the Nordic countries and in China, and they've tapered off after you know several years. Singapore is just beginning this journey somewhat. So these incentives obviously will take time to be steepened to the average buyer. But more importantly, and finally, we think that EVs are still a luxury product. Mm. So the objective of the government is to make people shift to greener transport, which is the MRT, right? So that's why the network is being built out. So a car-like society is an important goal. Right. But if you do opt for a car, make sure it's one of these instead of those petrol-guzzling ones, right? That's right. And so one other important thing is the mindset shift, which is required. People being conscious and thinking about EVs as helping the planet be more you know, green and living more sustainably. Now, of course, we have a quarter on cars, so car growth will be very well controlled. I have confidence that that will happen because it's been well controlled thus far. But considering what you said about bringing people into the market, players into the market to present consumers with choices. Now, I recall at one point, China said that its EV market was saturated and it started a process of consolidation. What's the market like in Singapore? Well, the Singapore market, as you know, is controlled and it is small. So in a yeah. way, is a microcosm of what's happening in the bigger markets. However, we must know that prices are high because of policy reasons. And so actually, a very cheap model elsewhere would be somewhat expensive in Singapore. So I think the choice question is more around getting people to change mindsets with regard to traditional versus EVs, not so much about promoting greater consumption in general of private transportation. 
Right, understood. Because like you said, the public transport network is being enhanced as well, continually, in order to help Singaporeans and residents here choose public transport over a private car. But when it comes to picking a private car and wanting to influence consumers to choose electric vehicles, what would you say are the factors that would best influence them? I think nowadays there is an important thing about to be cool and uh, picking more attractive brands. And that's very true in any product which is trendy. EVs are trendy, as you know. And so, you know, that is a key factor because affordability aside, this is still a luxury product. And in a luxury product, I think being seen to be doing something interesting is an important point. Right. Now, let's talk about affordability just a little bit more, Satya, because while we want to control the population of cars in general, surely there need to be incentives to choose EVs over other private cars. And there are already government subsidies for consumers right now. But does more need to be done to tweak that model in order to make them more attractive? Yeah, I think there are two aspects to this. One is, of course, the subsidies which are in place, which is like the EV early adoption incentive. In fact, there's a, on the charging side, there's an electric vehicle common charger grant. But we need to know that one of the important factors is people are still not sure of the speed of charging network growing. And I think range anxiety is an important question that needs to be addressed. And when the, the way that is addressed is how fast the network is built up. So the recent tender from LTA, which we hope will be awarded you know, very soon to have 20,000 chargers and HDB car parks, is going to be a catalyst for further pushing EV adoption across the country. Speaking of the LTA and charging infrastructure, the LTA did say at one point that it aims to build 60,000 charging points in both public and private premises by the year 2030. Is that going to be enough? Well, I think this is a chicken and egg question. So I think it will all depend on the speed with which EV take-up happens. So I'm sure that this number will be watched very closely. But in the early stages, I think one of the big questions will be charges are very easy to put up in very common places where there'll be a lot of demand. But the challenge will be in ensuring sufficient charging capacity in those locations where there will be a need, but utilization may not be that high. And that's part of building a more viable and you know, effective ecosystem of charges. So 60,000, will they be enough? Is really dependent on the speed of take-up of EVs. But we think that this will be watched very closely and there will be, there is no yearly target, right? So yeah. we see this target being maybe even advanced if the take-up is very fast. Now, Singapore will be ceasing all new registrations of diesel cars and taxis from the year 2025. How will private hire car services, taxi services and other commercial vehicles be affected by this move towards EVs? So this is a somewhat tricky segment because private hire cars and taxis are the ones which have the greatest risks with or other problems with downtime caused by charging. And fast charging, when you put it together with the current models, commercial models, there is still work to be done in driving the viability of that model forward. The real challenge, we think, is how to blend in cleaner vehicles where there are hybrids as options available in addition to, you know, conventional battery, not conventional battery electric vehicles, which will speed up this transition, particularly for private hire and taxis. For commercial vehicles, unfortunately, we do not see 
very clear viable models yet, just because of the cost of purchase being very high and not enough activity in terms of innovation happening in commercial vehicles to bring down EV costs. So that is going to take some time in our in our perspective. What needs to happen in order for it to be viable? Well, essentially, lower cost models coming into the market and then, of course, more serious and effective hybrid models being available because we think both of those are important questions just because of the capacity required in commercial vehicles, particularly the larger ones. The current battery constraints don't allow this to work in a very effective way. So we will see probably a move towards hybrids first before going to fully electric unless there is breakthrough in battery technology, which is currently something we can't see very clearly. But if there's a lot of energy coming through from that in terms of solid state and other methods, this can well be an interesting outcome. One area which we haven't yet seen is the speed of development of hydrogen fuel cells, which Mm. is still not very viable, but that could well be another angle which may take off very fast. So the short answer is innovation and uh, development is going to be key. And that market is not as large as, say, the passenger cars, right? So you see the same commitment from the manufacturers. Now, in order for EVs to be truly green, Satya, the electric grid needs to be powered by renewable energy, right? I mean, at this point, Singapore largely uses natural gas, the cleanest form of fossil fuel, but a fossil fuel nevertheless. And I know efforts are being made to expand our use of solar energy, access to renewable sources from other countries, other emerging low-carbon alternatives as well. But what will all of this entail in terms of making electric vehicles truly more environmentally friendly? That's a good question. I think what electrification of transport does is it pushes back, you know, the problem of cleanliness to the production side. So we say we are using electrons, but, you know, where they come from is important. I think a few good things are taking place in this regard. One is clearly gas is cleaner than burning fuel. And of course, that's one, that's the conventional fuel, which we are going to see more, uh, sorry, a transition fuel, which we're going to see more and more in the region. Second is Singapore has already begun and is making progress in renewable imports. And, you know, the recent agreement with the Laotians is a great move with the ASEAN grid coming all the way down from Laos, Thailand, Malaysia to Singapore, 100 megawatts being brought. I think these and other renewable imports coming will push up the green component of electricity production. And we see that as a really positive direction. We see a lot of commitment, not just from Singapore, but from governments in the region to support this move. One important point I want to highlight Singapore has going for it is also that the electrification of transport requires grid upgrades. And because of the size of Singapore, these can be achieved very fast. So that's a positive, but that's, of course, something which is more in relation to the transport system. But on the energy system, we see a lot of positive moves in that direction. Now, Satya, earlier we said that EVs could lessen the impact of rising oil prices on drivers, but electricity prices could go up as well, right? So will they really be spared? That is a good question. And I think the answer is really dependent on how the entire energy crisis plays out. We cannot escape the fact that if the global energy markets are volatile and prices keep going up, whether you use EVs or you use oil, you will see prices going up. So I don't think we can escape that. Therefore, the real answer is about solving the energy crisis 
becoming more energy efficient. And of course, take public transport if you can. All right. Thanks very much for that, Satya. Sounds like good advice. Satya Ramamurthy, partner, global co-head of public transport from KPMG Singapore. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.